Red Snow White, written by Ashley Franklin, illustrated by Ebony Glenn, read by Mommy. For Tamika, it was always the right time and place to dance and sing. Tamika had a hip, rolling, happy dance, a swayful, sad dance, a stomping, mad dance, a hair flicking just because she felt fabulous dance. She sang high with the tweeting birds and low with the croaking frogs. She always shared her love of music and movement with an audience, stuffed and unstuffed. Tamika loved the stage. It was her perfect place. She was the star of every show and she loved every show that she starred in. She had been a cucumber, a space cowgirl, a dinosaur, and her favorite part, a singing mermaid. On stage, Tamika felt like she could be anything or anyone she wanted to be, but she had never been a princess she would finally have her chance. Tamika was so excited that she went to both days of auditions for the Snow White musical. On the first day, she arrived super early. She helped her friends with their lines, kept count for the dancers, and shooed butterflies from nervous tummies so songs could be sung. After the audition, Tamika heard some of the other kids whispering, She can't be Snow White. She's too tall. She's much too chubby. And she's brown. Tamika looked at her legs. They were too long. Maybe the kids were right. A princess shouldn't be taller than her prince, should she? She looked at her belly. Maybe what the kids said was true. She could not remember any chubby princesses. Tamika looked at her skin. She was too brown. How could a girl with brown skin play a princess like Snow White? Could those kids be wrong? Maybe she was wrong for wanting to be the princess. Tamika slouched and sucked her in her belly. She tried pulling down her sleeves, but they were no, they were, there was no getting around being brown. For the first time, she didn't feel like dancing or singing. At dinner, Tamika didn't tap her feet or clang rhymes with her spoon. Is something wrong? asked her mom. The other kids said I'm too tall, too chubby, and too brown. I'm not right for Snow White, said Tamika. You've got it all wrong, Mom said. You are tall enough, chubby enough, and brown enough to be a perfect princess. Besides, said her dad, 
Snow White is just pretend. You've always been my real princess. You're just enough of all the right stuff. He kissed her forehead. Tamika smiled. Maybe her parents were onto something. At the audition the next day, Tamika watched all the other kids get on stage and do their best. It was Tamika's turn. At last. She remembered what her parents had said. But her long legs were still too jittery. She closed her eyes and imagined she was singing and dancing for her favorite audience of friends, stuffed and unstuffed. Then she remembered the joy she felt when performing. Tamika knew she could do it. And she did. She shone like the star she was. She could act, she could dance, she could sing. She loved herself as much as she loved music and movement. Tamika was a perfectly poised princess. When her audition was over, Tamika looked out to the smiling faces. Tamika wasn't too much of anything. Maybe she was just enough of all the right stuff. The end. We Don't Eat Our Classmates by Ryan T. Higgins. Penelope Rex was nervous. It's not every day a little T-Rex starts school. What are my classmates going to be like? Will they be nice? How many teeth will they have? This was very important. Penelope's mom bought her a new backpack with ponies on it. Ponies were Penelope's favorite because ponies are delicious. Penelope's backpack. Penelope's dad packed her a lunch of 300 tuna sandwiches and one apple juice. Finally, the big day came and Penelope Rex was very surprised to find out that all her classmates were children. So she ate them because children are delicious. Penelope Rex said Miss Noodleman, we don't eat our classmates. Please spit them, spit them out at once. So she did. It was not the best way to start school. Still, Penelope was determined to have a good first day. She tried hard to make friends at recess. She finger painted some of her best work. She even saved Griffin Emery a seat at lunch. You can sit here. Penelope started to notice Everyone was making friends but her. It was lonely. When she got home, her dad asked about her first day of school. I didn't make any friends, Penelope cried. 
None of the children wanted to play with me. Penelope Rex, her father asked. Did you eat your classmates? Well, maybe sort of just a little bit. Sometimes it's hard to make friends, said her dad. Especially if you eat them. <laughs> you see, Penelope, children are the same as us on the inside. Just tastier. That gave Penelope a lot to think about. The next day, Penelope tried really hard. But poor Penelope could not stop herself, herself from eating her classmates. Mrs. Norman, Penelope ate a motto again, and they were all afraid of her. Except Walter. Walter was a goldfish. So Penelope tried to make friends with him. Will you be my friend? Ouch. Chomp! Penelope. He's eating my finger! Wow! Once Penelope found out what it was like to be someone's snack, she lost her appetite for children. She stopped eating her classmates, even when Cece Woodman spilled barbecue sauce all over herself. And soon, Penelope made friends. Found you! Want a brownie? I helped make them. Now, even when children look especially delicious, she peeks at Walter and remembers what it's like when someone tries to eat her. And Walter the goldfish stares right back at her and licks his lips. Because dinosaurs are delicious. The end. I am Mackenzie. Today, this I'm just making my own books like I did. I love my favorite channels because I want to be on here and I never be. So I decided to be recording my own by listening and learning. This book is called Not Quite Mackenzie White. This is the book I made up and I love it. I read it last night. I made the pictures out of my hands. I'm gonna do the motions while you sing the song. It goes, have a sash We don't see the wood as well. The blue is white. The blue is white. How can you fix this? We are not the favorite part. Look at me. It's not just a helicopter. We are just a thing.
my song is called Patty Cake, Patty Cake, but Baker's Cake. Make me a cake as fast as you make. I'm gonna pat it, pat it until it gets so flat, and then I get a flat, and then I pat it, pat it like this. Pat, 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 pat. And then I put it in the oven. But instead, on the last, I took it out. I forgot to do so. I add the topping. Roll it up, roll it up, roll it up, roll it up, roll it up until it got flat. And then I rolled it down, rolled it down. Ow! Ah. Fresh Princess, written by Vanini Milner, illustrated by Gladys Jose. This is Destiny. Her dad calls her Princess, his fresh princess. Destiny likes a lot of things that princesses like. Poofy dresses and sparkly shoes, shiny crowns, her princess throne, and her royal subjects too. She's also really good at being really fresh. That means she's brave, has her own style, and is super smart. She shines like a new penny. Most days, being fresh is a good thing. Like when Destiny's big sister, Marley, teaches her how to double dutch and Destiny jumps and trips and struggles and jumps back in again, cool as she pleases, until she got lit. Today, Fresh Princess is not feeling fresh at all. That's because her family is moving to a new house in a new city. It's far away from everyone she knows and everyone and everything she loves. Destiny is not happy about that. Her dad tries to make it all better. That's his thing. Boobs get band-aids, belly aches get soft rubs, sleepy heads get goodnight kisses. Mwah. On this day, Getting back to feeling joyful takes way more work. Her heart will need more to fill in the empty spaces her happy used to be. Destiny perks up a little bit when she sees her new room. And has 
Rachel, she says to herself. She imagines the magnificent cities she'll build over there, the fancy luncheons she'll host, and the new throne that will be the centerpiece of her new castle. Destiny finds a new favorite place where the daylight greets her every morning and the stars wink at her each night. She perks up a little bit more when she looks outside. Destiny listens to the rhymes as the double dutch rope skips a beat across the concrete. Bluebells cockshells, EVI over. The jumpers swing their hips and watch the ropes. Then they take flight. Destiny thinks it might be fun to jump in, but those kids are good, really good. So for now, she just watches. Her dad wants to help his fresh princess feel at home, so he invites her on a big adventure. One of his favorite things to do when he was a kid in this neighborhood was to ride the L train. Speeding at the top of the city made me feel like the king of the world, dad says. Let's go see your new kingdom. Madame, your royal carriage. Destiny takes her dad's hand, climbs the steps, and prances down the aisles to her royal seat. She giggles as the train picks up speed, whistling and whirling through West Philadelphia. Along the way, Destiny's dad points out love letters tucked on the buildings, rooftops, and spines. Keep your head to the sky, fresh princess he says as they roll on by. Destiny waves and bows kisses as the buildings salute her passing by. She does love what she sees, but still, she aches for home. Back at their new place, the kids are playing double dutch again. One of the girls flashes a smile and invites her to join. Destiny says, mm, no thanks. She's not ready for her public, not yet, maybe soon. Why aren't you playing double dutch, asks Marley. You're just as good a jumper as anybody here, she says with a smile. What if I fall flat on my face, asks Destiny. It wouldn't be the first time, plus you just get back up again. You're the fresh princess. Destiny thinks about this and realizes she can do it. She grabs her sparkly sneakers and decides to get out there and show them how it's done. Can you jump? asks one of the girls. She says her name is Mari. Destiny gives a slow yes. Can you jump with us? says Mari. Mari introduces Destiny to the block. They're Shani and Esty, Zoe and Zion, Miles and two Lilas. Finally, it's her go. Destiny takes her place next to the ropes and the turners swing the, uh, their arms. Cinderella, Justin Yella went upstairs to kiss her fella. Destiny takes a deep breath, swings her hips to the beat 
and like the brave fresh princess jumps in. And the happiness she feels in this very moment, jumping high and free, surrounded by her new friends, is the freshest of all. The end. Chicka Chicka Boom Boom by Bill Martin Jr. and John Archambault. Illustrated by Louis Ellert. A to B and B to C, I'll meet you at the top of the coconut tree. Whee! said D to EFG. I'll beat you to the top of the coconut tree. Chicka, chicka, boom, boom. Will there be enough room? Here comes H up the coconut tree. And I and J and Tagalong K all on their way up the coconut tree. Chicka, chicka, boom, boom. Will there be enough room? Look who's coming. L-M-N-O-P. And Q-R-S and T-U-V. Still more W and X, Y, Z. The whole of the alphabet. Oh, no. Chica, chica, boom, boom. Skit, scat, skiddly do. Flip flop flee. Everybody run into the coconut tree. Mamas, papas, and uncles and aunts hug their little dears, then dust their pants. Help us up, cried ABC. Next from the pile up, skinny D and stub toe E and patched up F, then comes G. All out of breath. H is tangled up with I. J and K are about to cry. L is knotted like a tie. M is looped. N is stooped. O is twisted alley-oop. Skit, scat, scoodly doop. Flip, flop, flee. Look who's coming. It's Black Eyed P, Q, R, S, and Loose Tooth T. Then U, V, W, Wiggly Jiggly Free. Last to come, X, Y, Z, and the sun goes down on the coconut tree. But Chicka Chicka Boom Boom, look, there's a full moon. A's out of bed, and this is what he said. Dear Double Deer, you can't catch me. I'll beat you to the top of the coconut tree. Chicka chicka boom boom. The end. Chicka chicka boom boom. By Bill Martin Jr. and John Archambault, illustrated by Louis 
Alert. A told B and B told C, I'll meet you at the top of the coconut tree. Wee, said D to EFG. I'll beat you to the top of the coconut tree. Chicka, chicka, boom, boom. Will there be enough room? Here comes H up the coconut tree. And I and J and Tagalong K all on their way up the coconut tree. Chicka, chicka, boom, boom. Will there be enough room? Look who's coming. L-M-N-O-P and Q-R-S and T-U-V. Still more W and X, Y, Z. The whole of the alphabet. Oh, no. Chica, chica, boom, boom. Skit, scat, skiddly do, flip, flop, flee. Everybody run into the coconut tree. Mamas, papas, and uncles and aunts hug their little dears, then dust their pants. <coughs> Help us up, cried ABC. Next from the pile up, skinny D and stub toe E and patched up F. Then comes G, all out of breath. H is tangled up with I. J and K are about to cry. L is knotted like a tie. M is looped. N is stooped. O is twisted alley-oop. Skit, scat, scoodly-doop, flip-flop, flee. Look who's coming. It's Black Eyed P. Q, R, S, and Loose Tooth T. Then U, V, W, Wiggly Jiggly Free. Last to come, X, Y, Z. And the sun goes down on the coconut tree. But Chicka Chicka Boom Boom, look. There's a full moon. A's out of bed, and this is what he said. Dear Double Deer, you can't catch me. I'll beat you to the top of the coconut tree. Chicka, chicka, boom, boom. The end. Hey, That's My Monster, written by Amanda Knoll, illustrated by Howard McWilliam. Tonight, when I looked under my bed for my monster, I found this note instead. So long, kid. Got to go. See, someone needs me more than you do, Gabe. What? Gabe was my monster. Nobody needed him more than me. But someone sure did need a monster, my little sister Emma. Now that Emma slept in a toddler bed, she liked to climb out, 
roam the house, and play noisy games at night. I knew a monster would keep her in bed so she could fall asleep. But not my monster. I had to get Gabe back. But Gabe was... I tiptoed across to Emma's room. She wasn't even there. But Gabe was. I gulped, zoomed across the carpet, and leaped onto Emma's bed before Gabe could grab my toes. Gabe, I whispered, please go back to our room. I'll get Emma to sleep. You? He snorted. <laughs> You're gonna get her asleep? Ha! That's a good one. But you know what? I like you, kid. So I'll give you three choice chances. If she's not asleep, I'll be back. And Gabe was gone. Just then, Emma toddled into the room. She clearly needed a monster. Maybe she didn't know how to get one, but I did. Hey, Emma, I said, let's play. Can you knock on the floor? Emma knocked with a dinosaur. It worked. I heard some creaking under Emma's bed. Then something sniffled and squelched and dripped. So far, so good, I thought. This monster sounds scary enough even for Emma. But Emma kept on playing. A slime-covered monster slid out. It oozed towards Emma. Icky, she laughed, wiping one of the monster's noses. Icky, wait! Emma wasn't scared at all. Excuse me, I said to the mucus monster. I didn't catch your name. My name is Agatha, she said, through a stuffed noses. Type the bed, Emma. Emma giggled and wiped some more. I knew this wouldn't work. Thanks, Agatha. Nice try. But I think we need a monster with claws. Agatha snuffled, and then she was gone. Emma I coaxed again. Knock. She knocked on the floor with a teapot this time, and I heard more creaking. Then a slippery tail slithered out the un from under the bed. The second monster rasped. I'm Cynthia. Much better, I thought, when I saw the jagged claws. Cynthia might be the perfect monster for Emma. But Emma blinked and said, pretty. Then she decorated Cynthia's tail with bracelets. Ugh, Cynthia snarled. I'm not here to play dress up. I'm here to scare you to bed. Cynthia rattled loudly, but Emma danced to the beat. I'm sorry, Cynthia, I said. This isn't going to work. Well, I never, she sniffled, and then she was gone. Cynthia, come back, Emma demanded, stomping on the floor. Excellent, I thought. Maybe that would summon the perfect monster for Emma. 
tentacles swarmed from under the bed and an icy voice called, Who? I shrank back in horror, but Emma was enchanted. Who's out of bed? The monster continued, Come to Vladimir. Emma high-fived one of the tentacles and the third monster emerged. I already had doubts about this one, but he was my last chance. Vladimir, I asked, can you get Emma to sleep? Yes, he hissed, reaching for Emma. I can get her. Emma giggled and hopped over the tentacles like jump ropes. Oh no, I blurted. She's not supposed to be having fun. This'll never work. Vlad's tentacles drooped. He slunked under the bed and he was gone. Sorry, Vlad, I called. Boy, was I sorry. I was about to lose Gabe forever. Now Emma was coloring and singing, blah, 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 mir, simfia, 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 agafa, agafa, agafa. Gabe must have heard her because he was back. That's it, kid, he grunted. You had your three tries. Now it's my turn. Gabe's green oozed sizzle across the floor as he growled. Put the crayon down. Emma peered at my hulking, sharp-clawed monster and said, Fuzzy! Hey, Gabe, I cheered. Emma isn't afraid of you. What? Gabe burst out from under the bed and loomed over Emma. Steam spurted from his ears. Get into bed! Gabe thundered. Emma hopped up, but she kept singing. Fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy monster! Gabe, I said. Emma's not scared enough to fall asleep. Please, let's go back to our room. No can do, kid, Gabe growled. I may not be the perfect monster for Emma, but I am the best so far. At least she's in bed now. I gotta stay here. You're on your own. I knew Emma needed Gabe, but he was my monster. How was I ever going to get to sleep without him? Just then, we heard a tiny noise. <laughs> Emma froze. Gabe and I peered under the bed. Stella, what are you doing here? Gabe asked. Hi, Gabe, Stella said, tugging on her tutu. You forgot <laughs> your snack. Mama thought you'd be hungry. So she <laughs> sent this. Who knew Gabe had a little sister too? I thought Stella's hiccups were cute. But Emma obviously didn't. Stella sure noticed. She tiptoed closer, hiccuping every step. 
from under her cover, Emma squeaked. Shoo! Shoo! Stella repeated. Oh, shoo! That's where toes go. I love toes. Stella crept towards Emma's feet. Emma squealed, scrunched in her feet, and giggled. No toes! No toes! Gabe laughed. Stella, it looks like you're the perfect monster for Emma. Now, if you don't mind, you can get her to sleep while I get back to what I do best. Stella nodded. <laughs> I sighed and I sighed with relief and switched off Emma's lamp. Then I ran to my room, leaped into bed, and scrunched in my feet so Gabe couldn't get them. I shivered happily. Emma had Stella. I had Gabe. Everything was back to normal. I shivered again. We'd all be asleep in no time. <sighs> the end. Hey, that's my monster. Written by Amanda Knoll. Illustrated by Howard McWilliam. Tonight, when I looked under my bed for my monster, I found this note instead. So long, kid. Got to go. See, someone needs me more than you do, Gabe. What? Gabe was my monster. Nobody needed him more than me. But someone sure did need a monster. My little sister, Emma. Now that Emma slept in a toddler bed, she liked to climb out, roam the house, and play noisy games at night. I knew a monster would keep her in bed so she could fall asleep. But not my monster. I had to get Gabe back. But Gabe was... I tiptoed across to Emma's room. She wasn't even there. But Gabe was. I gulped, zoomed across the carpet, and leaped onto Emma's bed before Gabe could grab my toes. Gabe, I whispered. Please go back to our room. I'll get Emma to sleep. You? He snorted. <laughs> You're gonna get her asleep? Ha! That's a good one. But you know what? I like you, kid. So I'll give you three choice chances. If she's not asleep, I'll be back. And Gabe was gone. Just then, Emma toddled into the room. She clearly needed a monster. Maybe she didn't know how to get one, but I did. Hey, Emma, I said, let's play. Can you knock on the floor? Emma knocked with a dinosaur. It worked. I heard some creaking under Emma's bed. Then something sniffled 
and squelched and dripped. So far, so good, I thought. This monster sounds scary enough even for Emma. But Emma kept on playing. A slime-covered monster slid out. It oozed towards Emma. Icky, she laughed, wiping one of the monster's noses. Icky, why? Emma wasn't scared at all. Excuse me, I said to the mucus monster. I didn't catch your name. My name is Agatha, she said, through her stuffed noses. Time for bed, Emma. Emma giggled and wiped some more. I knew this wouldn't work. Thanks, Agatha. Nice try. But I think we need a monster with claws. Agatha snuffled, and then she was gone. Emma I coaxed again. Knock. She knocked on the floor with a teapot this time, and I heard more creaking. Then a slippery tail slithered out the un- from under the bed. The second monster rasped. I'm Cynthia. Much better, I thought, when I saw the jagged claws. Cynthia might be the perfect monster for Emma. But Emma blinked and said, Pretty! Then she decorated Cynthia's tail with bracelets. Ugh, Cynthia snarled. I'm not here to play dress up. I'm here to scare you to bed. Cynthia rattled loudly, but Emma danced to the beat. I'm sorry, Cynthia, I said. This isn't going to work. Well, I never, she sniffled. And then she was gone. Cynthia, come back, Emma demanded, stomping on the floor. Excellent, I thought. Maybe that would summon the perfect monster for Emma. Tentacles swarmed from under the bed, and an icy voice called, Hoo! I shrank back in horror, but Emma was enchanted. Who's out of bed? The monster continued, Come to Vladimir! Emma high-fived one of the tentacles, and the third monster emerged. I already had doubts about this one, but he was my last chance. Vladimir, I asked, can you get Emma to sleep? Yes, he hissed, reaching for Emma. I can get her. Emma giggled and hopped over the tentacles like jump ropes. Oh no, I blurted. She's not supposed to be having fun. This'll never work. Vlad's tentacles drooped. He slunked under the bed and he was gone. Sorry, Vlad, I called. Boy, was I sorry. I was about to lose Gabe forever. Now Emma was coloring and singing, blah, 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 Gabe must have heard her because he was back. That's it, kid, he grunted. You had your three tries. Now it's my turn. 
Gabe's green oozed sizzle across the floor as he growled, Put the crayon down! Emma peered at my hulking, sharp clawed monster and said, Hey, Gabe, I cheered. Emma isn't afraid of you. What? Gabe burst out from under the bed and loomed over Emma. Steam spurted from his ears. Get into bed, Gabe thundered. Emma hopped up, but she kept singing. Fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy monster. Gabe, I said. Emma's not scared enough to fall asleep. Please, let's go back to our room. No can do, kid, Gabe growled. I may not be the perfect monster for Emma, but I am the best so far. At least she's in bed now. I gotta stay here. You're on your own. I knew Emma needed Gabe, but he was my monster. How was I ever going to get to sleep without him? Just then, we heard a tiny noise. <laughs> Emma froze. Gabe and I peered under the bed. Stella, what are you doing here? Gabe asked. Hi, Gabe, Stella said, tugging on her tutu. You forgot <laughs> your snack. Mama thought you'd be hungry, so she sent this. Who knew Gabe had a little sister too? I thought Stella's hiccups were cute, but Emma obviously didn't. Stella sure noticed. She tiptoed closer, hiccuping every step. <laughs> From under her cover, Emma squeaked. Shoo! Shoo! Stella repeated. Oh, shoo! That's where toes go. I love toes. Stella crept towards Emma's feet. Emma squealed, scrunched in her feet, and giggled. No toes! No toes! Gabe laughed. Stella it looks like you're the perfect monster for Emma. Now, if you don't mind, you can get her to sleep while I get back to what I do best. Stella nodded. <laughs> I sighed and I sighed with relief and switched off Emma's lamp. Then I ran to my room, leaped into bed, and scrunched in my feet so Gabe couldn't get them. I shivered happily. Emma had Stella. I had Gabe. Everything was back to normal. I shivered again. We'd all be asleep in no time. <sighs> the end. Fresh Princess, written by Danini Miller.
Moose's Big Storm by Ryan T. Higgins. Bruce was a bear who did not like neighbors. Neighbors are very loud. Vroom, vroom. Hi, Bruce. Want a ride? They always interrupted, browning and pestering. Want to play flying pan ball? Worse, still neighbors live all over Bruce's neighborhood. Hi neighbor, do you have any robotic laser cutters I can borrow? Bruce's neighbors were always coming and going, but at least None of them stayed very long until the day of the big storm. Soggy Hollow's weather today will have rain that is very wet and windy that is very windy. Sorry to bother you, but can we please stay here during the storm? Bruce did not want visitors. He wanted to wait out the storm in peace quiet. But not everyone felt that way. Epic storms are less scary when you're together. Let's invite everyone to play games in our pajamas. I love pajama parties and we don't even have pajamas. As the rain started to fall and the winds got windier, more and more animals began to arrive. Finally, the whole neighborhood was there. Wait, said Rupert. Someone is still outside. Everyone went over to the window to look. Well, almost everyone. There was a little bunny outside in the storm. Someone has to save her, shouted Thistle. I'm on my way, said Nibs as he ran out the door. But the big storm was too much for the little mouse. In his hurry, Nibs got a little carried away. Ah! Oh, look, I can see my house from here. Nibs' rescue mission was not going as planned. I'm here to rescue you, but you to help me down first. It's okay. This is all part of my plan. Swoosh. They needed a little more help. Bruce, you came to save us. You took my favorite umbrella. Maybe we need a plan. A new plan. Everyone had to pitch in. Together, they pulled the bunny, the mouse, and the grumpy old bear back to safety, along with the umbrella. It had been quite an adventure. Everyone take one of Bruce's clean towels. Bruce did not like adventures. While the storm raged on outside, Bruce's visitors, cozy and warm, played games to pass the time. Duck, duck, Bruce! 
you're it. Bruce did not like games. Then one last guest arrived. A great big oak tree. And it didn't knock. Crash! Battle stations, bring me a chainsaw. I'm allergic to acorns. They were all okay, but the house was not. I think you might have a leak. Still, everyone found a safe, dry corner to spend the night. Come morning, Bruce's house did not look so great. Soon, Bruce's neighbors went back to their own homes, leaving Bruce behind to grumble in the rubble. But not for long. Tap, 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 tap. Now what? All of Soggy Hollow, every neighbor came back to lend a hand, a hoof, paw, or wing to help Bruce rebuild. Over time, Bruce's house was put back together even better than before. We call this edition the Rumpus Room. It's for rump using. It became a popular place in Soggy Hollow for all the neighbors to gather and have fun. I have five old maids. You haven't, you can't have five old maids in poker. I thought we were playing goldfish. Hey, who's eating on the poker chips? I thought they were crackers. Knock, 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 knock. Bruce did not like fun, and he still did not like neighbors. But they sure liked him. You've been elected to be our den mother. The end. Fresh Princess Inspired by Will Smith, The Fresh Prince. Words by Danini Milner. Pictures by Gladys Jose. This is Destiny. Her dad calls her Princess, his Fresh Princess. Destiny likes a lot of the things that princesses like. Poofy dresses and sparkly shoes, shiny crowns, her princess throne, and her royal subjects too. She's also really good at being really fresh. That means she's brave, has her own style, and is super smart. She shines like a new penny. Most days, being fresh is a good thing. Like when Destiny's big sister, Marley, teaches her how to double dutch. And Destiny jumps. And trips. And struggles. And jumps back in again, cool as she pleases. Until she's got it lit. Today, Fresh Princess is not feeling fresh at all. 
That's because her family is moving to a new house in a new city. It's far away from everyone she knows and everyone she loves. Destiny is not happy about that. Her dad tries to make it all better. That is his thing. Boobles get band-aids, belly aches get soft rubs, sleepy heads get goodnight kisses. Mwah. On this day, getting back to feeling joyful takes way more work. Her heart will need more to fill in the empty spaces where her happy used to be. Destiny perks up a little bit when she sees her new room. It has potential, she says to herself. She imagines magnificent cities she'll build there, the fancy luncheons she'll host, and the, the new throne that will be the centerpiece of the new castle. Destiny finds a new favorite place where the daylight greets her every morning and the stars wink at her every night. She peeks up a little more when she looks outside. She perks up a little more when she looks outside. Destiny listens to the rhymes as the double dutch rope skips a beat across the concrete. Bluebells, cockshells, EVI over. The jumpers swing their hips and watch the ropes. Then they take flight. Destiny thinks it might be fun to jump in. But those kids are good, really good. So for now, she just watches. Her dad wants to help his fresh princess feel at home. So he invites her on a big adventure. One of his, one of his favorite things to do when he was a kid in this neighborhood was to ride the L train. Speeding at the top of the city made me feel like the king of the world, dad says. Let's go see your new kingdom. Madame, your carriage. Destiny's dad. Destiny takes dad's hand, climbs the steps, and prances down the aisle to her royal seat. She giggles as the train picks up speed, whistling and whirling through West Philadelphia. Along the way, Destiny's dad points out love letters tucked on the building, rooftops and spines. Keep your head to the sky, fresh princess, he says as they roll on by. Destiny waves and bows as she kisses the buildings, salute her passing by. She does love what she sees, but still she aches for home. Back at their place, the kids are playing double dutch again. One of the girls flashes a smile and invites her over to join. Destiny says, mm, no thanks. She's not ready for her public, not yet. 
Maybe soon. Why aren't you playing double dutch, asked Marley. You are just as good a jumper as anybody here. Why aren't you playing? Why are you not playing double dutch, asked Marley. You're just, a good, you're just as good a jumper as anybody here, she says with a smile. What if I fall flat on my face, asked Destiny. It wouldn't be the first time. Plus, you just get back up. You're the fresh princess. Destiny thinks about this and realizes she can do it. So she grabs her sparkly sneakers and decides to get out there and show them how it's done. Can you jump? Asks one of the girls. She says her name is Mari. Destiny gives a slow yes. Come jump with us, says Mari. Mari introduces Destiny to the block. There is Shani and Esty, Zoe and Zion, Miles and two Lilas. Finally, it's her go. Destiny takes her place next to the ropes as the turners swing their arms. Cinderella, dressed in yellow, went upstairs to kiss her fella. Destiny takes a deep breath, swings her hips to the beat, and like the brave fresh princess, jumps in. And the prince and the happiness she feels in this very moment Jumping high and free, surrounded by her new friends, is the freshest of all. Bruce's Big Storm by Ryan T. Higgins Bruce was a bear who did not like neighbors. Neighbors are very loud. Vroom, vroom. Hi, Bruce. Want a ride? They always interrupted. Brownie? And pestering. Want to play flying pan ball? Worse, still neighbors lived all over Bruce's neighborhood. Hi, neighbor. Do you have any robotic laser cutters I can borrow? Bruce's neighbors were always coming and going, but at least none of them stayed very long until the day of the big storm. Soggy Hazel's weather today will have rain that is very wet and windy that is very windy. Sorry to bother you, but can we please stay here during the storm? Bruce did not want visitors. He wanted to wait out the storm in peace and quiet. But not everyone felt that way. Epic storms are less scary when you're together. Let's invite everyone to play games in our pajamas. I love pajama parties and we don't even have pajamas. As the rain started to fall, and the winds got windier. More and more animals began to arrive. 
finally, the whole neighborhood was there. Wait, said Rupert. Someone is still outside. Everyone went over to the window to look. Well, almost everyone. There was a little bunny outside in the storm. Someone has to save her, shouted Thistle. I'm on my way, said Nibs as he ran out the door. But the big storm was too much for the little mouse. In his hurry, Nibs got a little carried away. Ah! Oh, look, I can see my house from here. Hmm. Nibs' rescue mission was not going as planned. I'm here to rescue you, but I need you to help me down first. It's okay. This is all part of my plan. Swoosh. They needed a little more help. Bruce, you came to save us. You took my favorite umbrella. Maybe we need a plan, a new plan. Everyone had to pitch in and together they pulled the bunny, the mouse, and the grumpy old bear back to safety along with the umbrella. It had been quite an adventure. Everyone take one of Bruce's clean towels. Bruce did not like adventures. While the storm raged on outside, Bruce's visitors, cozy and warm, played games to pass the time. Duck, duck, Bruce, you're it. Bruce did not like games. Then one last guest arrived, a great big oak tree, and it didn't knock. Crash! Battle stations, bring me a chainsaw. I'm allergic to acorns. They were all okay, but the house was not. I think you might have a leak. Still, everyone found a safe, dry corner to spend the night. Come morning, Bruce's house did not look so great. Soon, Bruce's neighbors went back to their own homes, leaving Bruce behind to grumble in the rubble. But not for long. Tap, 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 tap. Now what? All of Soggy Hollow, every neighbor came back to lend a hand, a hoof, paw, or wing to help Bruce rebuild. Over time, Bruce's house was put back together even better than before. We call this addition the Rumpus Room. It's for rump using. It became a popular place in Soggy Hollow for all the neighbors to gather and have fun. I have five old maids. You haven't, you can't have five old maids in poker. I thought we were playing goldfish. Hey, who's eating on the poker chips? 
I thought they were crackers. Knock, 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 knock. Bruce did not like fun, and he still did not like neighbors. But they sure liked him. You've been elected to be our den mother. The end. Hey, that's my monster. Written by Amanda Knoll. Illustrated by Howard McWilliam. Tonight I went to look under the bed for my monster. I found this note instead. So long, kid. Got to go. Someone needs me more than you do, Gabe. What? Gabe was my monster. Nobody needed him more than me. But someone sure did need a monster. My little sister, Emma. Now that Emma slept in a toddler bed, she liked to climb out bed, roam the house, and play noisy games at night. I knew a monster would keep her in bed so she could fall asleep. But not my monster. I had to get Gabe back. I tiptoed across the hall to Emma's room. She wasn't even there, but Gabe was. I gulped, zoomed across the carpet, and leaped onto Emma's bed before Gabe could grab my toes. Gabe, I whispered, please go back to our room. I'll get Emma to sleep. You? <laughs> he snorted. You're gonna get her to sleep? Ha, that's a good one. But you know what? I like you, kid. So I'll give you three chances. She's not asleep, I'll be back. And Gabe was gone. Just then, Emma toddled into the room. She clearly needed a monster. Maybe she didn't know how to get one, but I did. Hey, Emma, I said, let's play. Can you knock on the floor? Emma knocked with a dinosaur. It worked. I heard some creaking on the Emma's bed. Then something sniffled and squelched and dripped. So far, so good, I thought. This monster sounds scary enough for Emma. But Emma kept playing. A slime-covered monster slid out. It oozed towards Emma. Icky! <laughs> she laughed, wiping one of the monster's noses. Icky! Wipe! Emma wasn't scared at all. Excuse me, I said to the monster. I didn't catch your name. My name is Agatha, she said, through stuffed noses. Type of bed, Emma. Emma giggled and wiped some more. I knew this wouldn't work. Thanks, Agatha. Nice try. But I think we need a monster with claws. Agatha snuffled, and then she was gone. Emma, I called again. She knocked on the floor with a teapot this time, and I heard more creaking. Emma slipped her tail slithered out from under the bed. The second monster was rasped. I'm Cynthia. Much better, I thought. When I saw the jagged claws, Cynthia might be the perfect monster for Emma.
But Emma blinked and said, Pretty! Then she decorated Cynthia's tail with bracelets. Ugh, Cynthia snarled. I'm not here to play dress up. I'm here to scare you into bed. Cynthia rattled loudly, but Emma danced to the beat. I'm sorry, Cynthia, I said. This isn't going to work. Well, I never, she sniffed. And then she was gone. Cynthia, Cynthia, come back, Emma demanded, stomping on the floor. Excellent, I thought. Maybe that would summon the perfect monster for Emma. Tentacles swarmed from under the bed, and an icy voice called, Ooh! I shrank back into horror, horror, but Emma was enchanted. Who's out of bed? The monster continued. Come to Vladimir. Emma high-fived one of the tentacles and the third monster emerged. I already had doubts about this one, but he was my last chance. Vladimir asked, can you get Emma to sleep? Yes, he hissed, reaching for Emma. I can get her. Emma giggled <laughs> and hopped over the tentacles like a jump ropes. Oh no, I bloated. She's not supposed to be having fun. This'll never work. Vlad's tentacles drooped. He slunk under the bed and he was gone. Sorry, Vlad, I called. Boy, was I sorry. I was about to lose Gabe forever. Now Emma was coloring and singing. Blah, 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 blah. Cynthia, Cynthia, ya, ya. Agafa, agafa, agafa. Gabe must have heard her because he was back. That's it, kid, he grunted. You had your three tries. Now it's my turn. Gabe's green ooze sizzled, sizzled across the floor as he growled. Put the crayon down. Emma peered at my hulking, sharp-clawed monster and said, Fuzzy! Hey, Gabe, I cheered. Emma isn't afraid of you. What? Gabe burst out from under the bed and loomed over Emma. Steam spurted from his ears. Get into bed! Gabe thundered. Emma hopped up, but she kept singing, Fuzzy, fuzzy monster! Gabe, I said, Emma's not scared enough to fall asleep. Please, let's go back to our room. No can do, kid, Gabe growled. I may not be the perfect monster for Emma, but I'm the best so far. At least she's in bed now. I gotta stay here. You're on your own. I knew Emma needed Gabe, but he was my monster. How was I ever going to get to sleep without him? Just then, we heard a tiny noise. Emma froze. Gabe and I peered under the bed. Stella, what are you doing here? Gabe asked. Hi, Gabe, Stella said, tugging, tugging at her tutu. You forgot your snack. Mama thought you'd be hungry. So she sent this. Who knew Gabe had a little sister too? I thought Stella's hiccups were cute, but Emma obviously didn't. Stella sure noticed. She tiptoed closer, hiccuping every step. 
from under her covers and must squeak. Shoo! Shoo! Stella repeated. Oh, shoo! That's where toes go. I love toes. Stella crept towards Emma's feet. Emma squealed, scrunched in her toes in her feet and giggled. <laughs> no toes, no toes. Gab, Gabe laughed. Stella, it looks like you're the perfect monster for Emma. Now, if you don't mind, you can get her to go to sleep while I get back to what I do best. Stella nodded. <laughs> I sighed with relief and switched off Emma's lamp. Then I ran to my room, leaped into my bed, and scrunched in my feet so Gabe couldn't get them. I shivered happily. Emma had Stella. I had Gabe. Everything was back to normal. I shivered again. We'd all sleep. We'd all be asleep in no time. The end. Fresh Princess, written by Vanini Milner, illustrated by Gladys Jose. This is Destiny. Her dad calls her Princess, his fresh princess. Destiny likes a lot of things that princesses like. Poofy dresses and sparkly shoes, shiny crowns, her princess throne, and her royal subjects too. She's also really good at being really fresh. That means she's brave, has her own style, and is super smart. She shines like a new penny. Most days, being fresh is a good thing. Like when Destiny's big sister, Marley, teaches her how to double dutch and Destiny jumps and trips and struggles and jumps back in again, cool as she pleases until she got lit. Today, Fresh Princess is not feeling fresh at all. That's because her family is moving to a new house in a new city. It's far away from everyone she knows and everyone and everything she loves. Destiny is not happy about that. Her dad tries to make it all better. That's his thing. Boobs get band-aids, belly aches get soft rubs, sleepy heads get goodnight kisses. Mwah. On this day, getting back to feeling joyful takes way more work. Her heart will need more to fill in the empty spaces her happy used to be. Destiny perks up a little bit when she sees her new room. It has potential, she says to herself. She imagines the magnificent cities she'll build over there, the fancy luncheons she'll host, and the new throne that will be the centerpiece of her new castle. Destiny finds a new favorite place where the daylight greets her every morning and the stars wink at her each night. She perks up a little bit more when she looks outside. 
Destiny listens to the rhymes as the double dutch rope skips a beat across the concrete. Bluebells cockshells, EVI over. The jumpers swing their hips and watch the ropes. Then they take flight. Destiny thinks it might be fun to jump in, but those kids are good, really good. So for now, she just watches. Her dad wants to help his fresh princess feel at home. So he invites her on a big adventure. One of his favorite things to do when he was a kid in this neighborhood was to ride the L train. Speeding at the top of the city made me feel like the king of the world, dad says. Let's go see your new kingdom. Madame, your royal carriage. Destiny takes her dad's hand, climbs the steps, and prances down the aisles to her royal seat. She giggles as the train picks up speed, whistling and whirling through West Philadelphia. Along the way, Destiny's dad points out love letters tucked on the building's rooftops and spines. Keep your head to the sky, fresh princess, he says as they roll on by. Destiny waves and bows kisses as the buildings salute her passing by. She does love what she sees, but still, she aches for home. Back at their new place, the kids are playing double dutch again. One of the girls flashes a smile and invites her to join. Destiny says, mm, no thanks. She's not ready for her public. Not yet. Maybe soon. <laughs> Why aren't you playing double dutch? Asks Marley. You're just as good a jumper as anybody here. She says with a smile. What if I fall flat on my face? Asks Destiny. It wouldn't be the first time. Plus you just get back up again. You're the fresh princess. Destiny thinks about this and realizes she can do it. She grabs her sparkly sneakers and decides to get out there and show them how it's done. Can you jump? Asks one of the girls. She says her name is Mari. Destiny gives a slow, yes. Can you jump with us? Says Mari. Mara introduces Destiny to the block. They're Shani and Esty, Zoe and Zion, Miles and two Lilas. Finally, it's her go. Destiny takes her place next to the ropes and the turners swing the, uh, their arms. Cinderella, Justin Yella went upstairs to kiss her fella. Destiny takes a deep breath, swings her hips to the beat, and like the brave, fresh princess, jumps in. And the happiness she feels in this very moment, jumping high and free, surrounded by her new friends, is the freshest of all. The end. Unicorn Day.
Hooray! Hooray! It's Unicorn Day! All unicorns this way. When unicorns come out to play, they have three rules. They must obey. Unicorn Read slower. Unicorn Wait, day. start. Fresh Princess. Written by Vanini Milner. Illustrated by Gladys Jose. This is Destiny. Her dad calls her Princess, his fresh princess. Destiny likes a lot of things that princesses like. Poofy dresses and sparkly shoes, shiny crowns, her princess throne, and her royal subjects too. She's also really good at being really fresh. That means she's brave, has her own style, and is super smart. She shines like a new penny. Most days, being fresh is a good thing. Like when Destiny's big sister, Marley, teaches her how to double dutch and Destiny jumps and trips and struggles and jumps back in again, cool as she pleases, until she got licked. Today, Fresh Princess is not feeling fresh at all. That's because her family is moving to a new house in a new city. It's far away from everyone she knows and everyone and everything she loves. Destiny is not happy about that. Her dad tries to make it all better. That's his thing. Boobs get band-aids, belly aches get soft rubs, sleepy heads get goodnight kisses. Mwah. On this day, getting back to feeling joyful takes way more work. Her heart will need more to fill in the empty spaces her happy used to be. Destiny perks up a little bit when she sees her new room. It has potential, she says to herself. She imagines the magnificent cities she'll build over there, the fancy luncheons she'll host, and the new throne that will be the centerpiece of her new castle. Destiny finds a new favorite place where the daylight greets her every morning and the stars wink at her each night. She perks up a little bit more when she looks outside. Destiny listens to the rhymes as the double dutch rope skips a beat across the concrete. Bluebells, cockshells, EVI over. The jumpers swing their hips and watch the ropes. Then they take flight. Destiny thinks it might be fun to jump in but those kids are good, really good. So, for now, she just watches. Her dad wants to help his fresh princess feel at home, so he invites her on a big adventure. One of his favorite things to do when he was a kid in this neighborhood was to ride the L train. Speeding at the top of the city made me feel like the king of the world, Dad says. Let's go see your new kingdom. 
Madame, your royal carriage. Destiny takes her dad's hand, climbs the steps, and prances down the aisles to her royal seat. She giggles as the train picks up speed, whistling and whirling through West Philadelphia. Along the way, Destiny's dad points out love letters tucked on the buildings, rooftops, and spines. Keep your head to the sky, fresh princess, he says as they roll on by. Destiny waves and bows kisses as the buildings salute her passing by. She does love what she sees, but still, she aches for home. Back at their new place, the kids are playing double dutch again. One of the girls flashes a smile and invites her to join. Destiny says, mm, no thanks. She's not ready for her public not yet. Maybe soon. <laughs> Why aren't you playing double dutch? Asks Marley. You're just as good a jumper as anybody here, she says with a smile. What if I fall flat on my face? Asks Destiny. It wouldn't be the first time. Plus, you just get back up again. You're the fresh princess. Destiny thinks about this and realizes she can do it. She grabs her sparkly sneakers and decides to get out there and show them how it's done. Can you jump? Asks one of the girls. She says her name is Mari. Destiny gives a slow yes. Can you jump with us? Says Mari. Mari introduces Destiny to the block. They're Shani and Esty, Zoe and Zion, Miles and two Lilas. Finally, it's her go. Destiny takes her place next to the ropes and the turners swing the, uh, their arms. Cinderella, Justin Yella, went upstairs to kiss her fella. Destiny takes a deep breath, swings her hips to the beat, and like the brave, fresh princess, jumps in. And the happiness she feels in this very moment, jumping high and free, surrounded by her new friends, is the freshest of all. The end. What If? Written by Samantha Berger. Illustrated by Mike Curato. With a pencil and paper, I write and draw art to create many stories that come from my heart. But what if that pencil one day disappeared? I'd fold up the paper till stories appeared. And what if that paper was no longer there? I'd chisel the table and then carve the chair. And what if there wasn't a chair here at all? I'd chip and I'd peel at the paint on the wall. What if there wasn't a wall anymore? I might build a story from boards in the floor. Without any floor, I could still use the land and sketch out a tail in the dirt with my hand. I could still shape the leaves. I could still sculpt the snow. 
I could still plant the flowers and make kingdoms grow. Without any land, I would still use the light, invent shadow stories. The sun would ignite. If there was no light, I, I still would use my voice to sing out my stories, to chant and rejoice. I'd still have my body to twist and bend, to dance out my stories beginning to end. If I had nothing, there'd always be the stories to seek and to find, but still had my mind. I know nothing. If I know nothing but one bit of fate, as long as I live, I will always create. As long as I live, I will always create. The end. Not Kite Mackenzie Brown. Written by Mackenzie Give my hug. In this side, I love I'm ruining your podcast. Give my hug. I'm going to turn into tornado. And I'm going to ruin all your podcasts. The Not Quite Snow White Written by Ashley Franklin Illustrated by Ebony Glenn Read by Mommy For Tamika, it was always the right time and place to dance and sing. Tamika had a hip, rolling, happy dance. A swayful, sad dance. A stomping, mad dance. A hair flicking just because she felt fabulous dance. She sang high with the tweeting birds and low with the croaking frogs. She always shared her love of music and movement with an audience, stuffed and unstuffed. Tamika loved the stage. It was her perfect place. She was the star of every show and she loved every show that she starred in. She had been a cucumber, a space cowgirl, a dinosaur, and her favorite part, a singing mermaid. On stage, Tamika felt like she could be anything or anyone she wanted to be, but she had never been a princess. Now she would finally have her chance. Tamika was so excited 
that she went to both days of auditions for the Snow White musical. On the first day, she arrived super early. She helped her friends with their lines, kept count for the dancers, and shooed butterflies from nervous tummies so songs could be sung. After the audition, Tamika heard some of the other kids whispering, she can't be Snow White. She's too tall. She's much too chubby. And she's brown. Tamika looked at her legs. They were too long. Maybe the kids were right. A princess shouldn't be taller than her prince, should she? She looked at her belly. Maybe what the kids said was true. She could not remember any chubby princesses. Tamika looked at her skin. She was too brown. How could a girl with brown skin play a princess like Snow White? Could those kids be wrong? Maybe she was wrong for wanting to be the princess. Tamika slouched and sucked her in her belly. She tried pulling down her sleeves, but they were no, they were, there was no getting around being brown. For the first time, she didn't feel like dancing or singing. At dinner, Tamika didn't tap her feet or clang rhymes with her spoon. Is something wrong? asked her mom. The other kids said I'm too tall, too chubby, and too brown. I'm not white for Snow White, said Tamika. You've got it all wrong, Mom said. You're, you are tall enough, chubby enough, and brown enough to be a perfect princess. Besides, said her dad, Snow White is just pretend. You've always been my real princess. You're just enough of all the right stuff. He kissed her forehead. Tamika smiled. Maybe her parents were onto something. At the audition the next day, Tamika watched all the other kids get on stage and do their best. It was Tamika's turn. At last. She remembered what her parents had said. But her long legs were still too jittery. She closed her eyes and imagined she was singing and dancing for her favorite audience of friends, stuffed and unstuffed. Then she remembered the joy she felt when performing. Tamika knew she could do it. And she did. She shone like the star she was. She could act, she could dance, she could sing. She loved herself as much as she loved music and movement. Tamika was a perfectly poised princess. When her audition was over, Tamika looked out to the smiling faces. Tamika wasn't too much of anything. Maybe she was just enough of all the right stuff. The end. Illustrated by 
Ebony Glenn. Read by Mommy. For Tamika, it was always the right time and place to dance and sing. Tamika had a hip, rolling, happy dance. A swayful, sad dance. A stomping, mad dance. A hair flicking just because she felt fabulous dance. She sang high with the tweeting birds and low with the croaking frogs. She always shared her love of music and movement with an audience, stuffed and unstuffed. Tamika loved the stage. It was her perfect place. She was the star of every show and she loved every show that she starred in. She had been a cucumber, a space cowgirl, a dinosaur, and her favorite part, a singing mermaid. On stage, Tamika felt like she could be anything or anyone she wanted to be, but she had never been a princess. Now she would finally have her chance. Tamika was so excited that she went to both days of auditions for the Snow White musical. On the first day, she arrived super early. She helped her friends with their lines, kept count for the dancers, and shooed butterflies from nervous tummies so songs could be sung. After the audition, Tamika heard some of the other kids whispering, she can't be Snow White. She's too tall. She's much too chubby. And she's brown. Tamika looked at her legs. They were too long. Maybe the kids were right. A princess shouldn't be taller than her prince, should she? She looked at her belly. Maybe what the kids said was true. She could not remember any chubby princesses. Tamika looked at her skin. She was too brown. How could a girl with brown skin play a princess like Snow White? Could those kids be wrong? Maybe she was wrong for wanting to be the princess. Tamika slouched and sucked her in her belly. She tried pulling down her sleeves, but they were no, they were, there was no getting around being brown. For the first time, she didn't feel like dancing or singing. At dinner, Tamika didn't tap her feet or clang rhymes with her spoon. Is something wrong? asked her mom. The other kids said I'm too tall, too chubby, and too brown. I'm not right for Snow White, said Tamika. You've got it all wrong, Mom said. You're, you are tall enough, chubby enough, and brown enough to be a perfect princess. Besides, said her dad, Snow White is just pretend. You've always been my real princess. 
You're just enough of all the right stuff. He kissed her forehead to make a smile. Maybe her parents were onto something. At the audition the next day, Tamika watched all the other kids get on stage and do their best. It was Tamika's turn, at last. She remembered what her parents had said, but her long legs were still too jittery. She closed her eyes and imagined she was singing and dancing for her favorite audience of friends, stuffed and unstuffed. Then she remembered the joy she felt when performing. Tamika knew she could do it. And she did. She shone like the star she was. She could act, she could dance, she could sing. She loved herself as much as she loved music and movement. Tamika was a perfectly poised princess. When her audition was over, Tamika looked out to the smiling faces. Tamika wasn't too much of anything. Maybe she was just enough of all the right stuff. The end. For Tamika, it was always the right time and place to dance and sing. Tamika had a hip, rolling, happy dance, a swayful, sad dance, a stomping, mad dance, a hair flicking just because she felt fabulous dance. She sang high with the tweeting birds and low with the croaking frogs. She always shared her love of music and movement with an audience, stuffed and unstuffed. Tamika loved the stage. It was her perfect place. She was the star of every show and she loved every show that she starred in. She had been a cucumber, a space cowgirl, a dinosaur, roar, and her favorite part, a singing mermaid. On stage, Tamika felt like she could be anything or anyone she wanted to be, but she had never been a princess. Now she would finally have her chance. Tamika was so excited that she went to both days of auditions for the Snow White musical. On the first day, she arrived super early. She helped her friends with their lines, kept count for the dancers, and shooed butterflies from nervous tummies so songs could be sung. 
After the audition, Tamika heard some of the other kids whispering, She can't be Snow White. She's too tall. She's much too chubby. And she's brown. Tamika looked at her legs. They were too long. Maybe the kids were right. A princess shouldn't be taller than her prince, should she? She looked at her belly. Maybe what the kids said was true. She could not remember any chubby princesses. Tamika looked at her skin. She was too brown. How could a girl with brown skin play a princess like Snow White? Could those kids be wrong? Maybe she was wrong for wanting to be the princess. Tamika slouched and sucked her in her belly. She tried pulling down her sleeves, but they were no, they were, there was no getting around being brown. For the first time, she didn't feel like dancing or singing. At dinner, Tamika didn't tap her feet or clang rhymes with her spoon. Is something wrong? asked her mom. The other kids said I'm too tall, too chubby, and too brown. I'm not right for Snow White, said Tamika. You've got it all wrong, mom said. You're, you are tall enough, chubby enough, and brown enough to be a perfect princess. Besides, said her dad, Snow White is just pretend. You've always been my real princess. You're just enough of all the right stuff. He kissed her forehead. Tamika smiled. Maybe her parents were onto something. At the audition the next day, Tamika watched all the other kids get on stage and do their best. It was Tamika's turn. At last. She remembered what her parents had said. But her long legs were still too jittery. She closed her eyes and imagined she was singing and dancing for her favorite audience of friends, stuffed and unstuffed. Then she remembered the joy she felt when performing. Tamika knew she could do it. And she did. She shone like the star she was. She could act, she could dance, she could sing. She loved herself as much as she loved music and movement. Tamika was a perfectly poised princess. When her audition was over, Tamika looked out to the smiling faces. Tamika wasn't too much of anything. Maybe she was just enough of all the right stuff. The end. For Tamika, it was always the right time and place to dance and sing.
Tamika had a hip, rolling, happy dance. A swayful, sad dance. A stomping, mad dance. A hair flicking just because she felt fabulous dance. She sang high with the tweeting birds and low with the croaking frogs. She always shared her love of music and movement with an audience, stuffed and unstuffed. Tamika loved the stage. It was her perfect place. She was the star of every show and she loved every show that she starred in. She had been a cucumber, a space cowgirl, a dinosaur, and her favorite part, a singing mermaid. On stage, Tamika felt like she could be anything or anyone she wanted to be, but she had never been a princess. Now she would finally have her chance. Tamika was so excited that she went to both days of auditions for the Snow White musical. On the first day, she arrived super early. She helped her friends with their lines, kept count for the dancers, and shooed butterflies from nervous tummies so songs could be sung. After the audition, Tamika heard some of the other kids whispering, she can't be Snow White. She's too tall. She's much too chubby. And she's brown. Tamika looked at her legs. They were too long. Maybe the kids were right. A princess shouldn't be taller than her prince, should she? She looked at her belly. Maybe what the kids said was true. She could not remember any chubby princesses. Tamika looked at her skin. She was too brown. How could a girl with brown skin play a princess like Snow White? Could those kids be wrong? Maybe she was wrong for wanting to be the princess. Tamika slouched and sucked her in her belly. She tried pulling down her sleeves, but they were no, they were, there was no getting around being brown. For the first time, she didn't feel like dancing or singing. At dinner, Tamika didn't tap her feet or clang rhymes with her spoon. Is something wrong? asked her mom. The other kids said I'm too tall, too chubby, and too brown. I'm not right for Snow White, said Tamika. You've got it all wrong, Mom said. You're, you are tall enough, chubby enough, and brown enough to be a perfect princess. Besides, said her dad, Snow White is just pretend. You've always been my real princess. You're just enough of all the right stuff. He kissed her forehead. Tamika smiled. Maybe her parents were onto something. At the audition the next day, Tamika watched all the other kids get on stage and do their best. It was Tamika's turn. At last, 
she remembered what her parents had said. But her long legs were still too jittery. She closed her eyes and imagined she was singing and dancing for her favorite audience of friends, stuffed and unstuffed. Then she remembered the joy she felt when performing. Tamika knew she could do it. And she did. She shone like the star she was. She could act, she could dance, she could sing. She loved herself as much as she loved music and movement. Tamika was a perfectly poised princess. When her audition was over, Tamika looked out to the smiling faces. Tamika wasn't too much of anything. Maybe she was just enough of all the right stuff. The end. For Tamika, it was always the right time and place to dance and sing. Tamika had a hip, rolling, happy dance, a swayful, sad dance, a stomping, mad dance, a hair flicking just because she felt fabulous dance. She sang high with the tweeting birds and low with the croaking frogs. She always shared her love of music and movement with an audience, stuffed and unstuffed. Tamika loved the stage. It was her perfect place. She was the star of every show and she loved every show that she starred in. She had been a cucumber, a space cowgirl, a dinosaur, roar, and her favorite part, a singing mermaid. On stage, Tamika felt like she could be anything or anyone she wanted to be, but she had never been a princess. Now she would finally have her chance. Tamika was so excited that she went to both days of auditions for the Snow White musical. On the first day, she arrived super early. She helped her friends with their lines, kept count for the dancers, and shooed butterflies from nervous tummies so songs could be sung. After the audition, Tamika heard some of the other kids whispering, she can't be Snow White. She's too tall. She's much too chubby. And she's brown. Tamika looked at her legs. They were too long. Maybe the kids were right. A princess shouldn't be taller than her prince, should she? She looked at her belly. Maybe what the kids said was true. 
she could not remember any chubby princesses. Tamika looked at her skin. She was too brown. How could a girl with brown skin play a princess like Snow White? Could those kids be wrong? Maybe she was wrong for wanting to be the princess. Tamika slouched and sucked her in her belly. She tried pulling down her sleeves, but they were no, they were, there was no getting around being brown. For the first time, she didn't feel like dancing or singing. At dinner, Tamika didn't tap her feet or clang rhymes with her spoon. Is something wrong? asked her mom. The other kids said I'm too tall, too chubby, and too brown. I'm not right for Snow White, said Tamika. You've got it all wrong, mom said. You're, you are tall enough, chubby enough, and brown enough to be a perfect princess. Besides, said her dad, Snow White is just pretend. You've always been my real princess. You're just enough of all the right stuff. He kissed her forehead. Tamika smiled. Maybe her parents were onto something. At the audition the next day, Tamika watched all the other kids get on stage and do their best. It was Tamika's turn. At last. She remembered what her parents had said. But her long legs were still too jittery. She closed her eyes and imagined she was singing and dancing for her favorite audience of friends, stuffed and unstuffed. Then she remembered the joy she felt when performing. Tamika knew she could do it. And she did. She shone like the star she was. She could act, she could dance, she could sing. She loved herself as much as she loved music and movement. Tamika was a perfectly poised princess. When her audition was over, Tamika looked out to the smiling faces. Tamika wasn't too much of anything. Maybe she was just enough of all the right stuff. The end. Tamika, it was always the right time and place to dance and sing. Tamika had a hip, rolling, happy dance, a swayful, sad dance, a stomping, mad dance, a hair flicking just because she felt fabulous dance. She sang high with the tweeting birds and low with the croaking frogs. 
She always shared her love of music and movement with an audience, stuffed and unstuffed. Tamika loved the stage. It was her perfect place. She was the star of every show, and she loved every show that she starred in. She had been a cucumber, a space cowgirl, a dinosaur, and her favorite part, a singing mermaid. On stage, Tamika felt like she could be anything or anyone she wanted to be, but she had never been a princess. Now she would finally have her chance. Tamika was so excited that she went to both days of auditions for the Snow White musical. On the first day, she arrived super early. She helped her friends with their lines kept count for the dancers, and shooed butterflies from nervous tummies so songs could be sung. After the audition, Tamika heard some of the other kids whispering, She can't be Snow White. She's too tall. She's much too chubby. And she's brown. Tamika looked at her legs. They were too long. Maybe the kids were right. A princess shouldn't be taller than her prince, should she? She looked at her belly. Maybe what the kids said was true. She could not remember any chubby princesses. Tamika looked at her skin. She was too brown. How could a girl with brown skin play a princess like Snow White? Could those kids be wrong? she was wrong for wanting to be the princess. Tamika slouched and sucked her in her belly. She tried pulling down her sleeves, but they were no they were, there was no getting around being brown. For the first time, she didn't feel like dancing or singing. At dinner, Tamika didn't tap her feet or clang rhymes with her spoon. Is something wrong? asked her mom. The other kids said I'm too tall, too chubby, and too brown. I'm not right for Snow White, said Tamika. You've got it all wrong, mom said. You're, you are tall enough, chubby enough, and brown enough to be a perfect princess. Besides, said her dad, Snow White is just pretend. You've always been my real princess. You're just enough of all the right stuff. He kissed her forehead. Tamika smiled. Maybe her parents were onto something. At the audition the next day, Tamika watched all the other kids get on stage and do their best. It was Tamika's turn. At last. She remembered what her parents had said but her long legs were still too jittery. She closed her eyes and imagined she was singing and dancing for her favorite audience of friends, stuffed and unstuffed. Then she remembered the joy she felt when performing. Tamika knew she could do it. And she did. 
She shone like the star she was. She could act, she could dance, she could sing. She loved herself as much as she loved music and movement. Tamika was a perfectly poised princess. When her audition was over, Tamika looked out to the smiling faces. Tamika wasn't too much of anything. Maybe she was just enough of all the right stuff. The end. Mackenzie Brown. Good night, Princess. Written by Mackenzie. Mm, give me a hug. In this side, I love I'm ruining your podcast. Mm. Give me a hug. I'm going to turn into a tornado. And I'm going ru- to ruin all your podcasts. Good night, Princess. I love you. Not Kite Mackenzie Brown. Good night, Princess. Mackenzie, mm, all in this side, I love I'm ruining your podcast. Mm, give me a hug. I'm going to turn into a tornado. And I'm going ru- to ruin all your podcasts. Good night, Princess. I love you. for far too long.